everyone, welcome back to the Futurist Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Lennon. Trying to find out what wellness meant to me, both mentally and physically, is what led me to start living a more sustainable life. I'm fascinated with the connection between our own personal happiness and health and how it intersects with finding harmony with nature and the planet. That's why these next episodes of the podcast will focus on finding balance through nature, beauty and self-care. First up in the series is Hannah O'Neill, an old friend and founder of Vivo, a new way to create beautiful tactile vision boards. Hannah's journey from burnout to creating this brand has been such an inspiration to me personally, and I know so many of you will find wisdom, insight, and motivation through her words. Vivo is a guide and tool to help uncover what your deepest desires are and develop the tools to actualize them. It's a fascinating conversation and one that I hope will leave you feeling a little lighter and excited about what the next chapter in your own life can look like. I hope you love this conversation. And if you do, don't forget to like, subscribe, share it with a friend. Now over to my chat with Hannah. Hannah, you are so welcome to the podcast. I can't believe I've actually like twisted your arm to have this chat because first of all, I know you're very busy, but second of all, I know this isn't like your comfort space. So I'm so excited to have you here and I promise I'm gonna take good care of you. How are you today? Oh, thank you so much. I am so good today. I, yeah, I, when you first asked me, I really, really wanted to do this and that it was the best idea ever. And then since the minute I said yes, I was like, no, why did I say yes? I don't want to do that. But I'm, yeah, no, I, I know I'm in safe hands. So I'm, I'm very good today. You are. And I love that you have been so honest about it because, you know, some other guests have been nervous too, but people don't really want to admit that. But it is so nerve-wracking coming on and talking about something, especially when that something is, your new baby which is your new business and it's so fresh and it's really so much of you which we're going to get into so I applaud you for anyone who's listening I want to just like bring them back with us to a journey to the start of this year I think it was around January was it when we met in the Ren Hotel and we had such a great conversation and I just really wanted to bring it to the podcast because even though it's not strictly within the sustainability space, I feel like there's this really interesting intersection between self-care and figuring out our place in the world and how that links with the bigger impact we have as humans on this planet and in our own individual lives. And your business Vivo just fits into that so brilliantly. So before we get into it, can you just give us a little whistle stop tour of your past? Because we met in a former life. I was working as a journalist at a magazine. You were in PR and our stars kind of aligned and we've kept in contact since, but that, that's where you started your career. Am I right? Yeah, I think I had done, so just prior to pre-or, I had done a very quick internship in branding. Um, so that was kind of my first job out of college. I, I think it was about 2013, um, applied for the job. I got it and then I got this email to say, you know, this is actually on the Jobbridge scheme. I don't know if you ever came across that. Yes. Oh my God. I worked on Jobbridge and then I actually integrated into Image when I was there so that other interns could live. <laughs> I literally worked for free for so long. I was like, somebody needs to pay for my dart fair. So you were on that too. That's really interesting. Yeah. That was my first thing. So I think it was, yeah, you, you had to sign on to unemployment and then you got a 50 euro subsidy a week. So it wasn't like my dream first job or the situation that I had pictured. And I was still like, you know, working my weekend job in a bar in Kilkenny, getting the train home, you know, every single weekend. But I honestly didn't even care because I just loved branding so much. I think for me, it was just this whole new world. I hadn't loved studying. I mean, I, I was fine. But when I got to, I guess, like the world of work and I saw that the currency that people exchanged there was, you know, ideas and thoughts and thoughts about what would make people feel certain things I just 
I just felt so at home in that space. I absolutely, I couldn't believe that that was work that, that, you know, this is what we could, we got to do. And um, so I did that for about eight months, loved everything about it, except for it was in Sandyford. Um, and I just it really, the commute was just so awful. So I got this opportunity to do an interview for a PR job that you mentioned. Now, again, I, I had absolutely no idea what PR was. I went for the interview because like my mum's aunt had a friend who had a friend who wanted to hire somebody young and that was as much as there was to it so I remember it like sit with the office was in town so I was like okay I'll give it a whirl I remember sitting outside like on the steps it was like on Mount Street and there's steps up to the office I was like on the office two doors up like frantically googling like what is PR uh, but anyway I ended up getting the job and I stayed there for eight years so it was there that I met you um, I had kind of started in corporate and public affairs, which wasn't really my jam at all. Um, but then that evolved into consumer PR, which I absolutely loved. Um, and then I did that for probably about four years, kind of totally, completely obsessed with it, hooked on it, absolutely loved it. And then, yeah, about four years in, I think I kind of crashed and burned, total burnout, anxiety, depression, insomnia, like you name it, I had it. Um, so I handed in my notice and I just went to Thailand with absolutely no plan at all. But I was actually really lucky in that I kind of started consulting, kind of scrambling to do something from there. And I got the opportunity to work with my original agency, um, but, you know, remotely. So before COVID or before remote working was the norm, I was really, really lucky that I could travel and work. So it didn't make sense for me to do the kind of traditional PR stuff because I was on the same, wasn't on the same time zone as media or clients. So I kind of segued into the work that I had been doing a little bit of, but the work that I really liked, which was kind of strategy, um, kind of big picture thinking, the ideas, insights, all of that. So I became strategy and insight director. Um, and then I did, what did I do during COVID? I did a postgrad in design thinking and innovation and then kind of segued further into employee experience. So all of that, I was really lucky, was within the one kind of agency or in the one space. And then kind of August, maybe last year, I just thought, you know what? It just like a, a switch. I was like, I'm ready for something new. And I just handed in my notice. I just, I was just like, no, something fresh. I'd again, absolutely no idea what that was going to be. But I really, I guess I trusted myself that I'd find it. And I knew in order to find it, I just needed the space to do it. So I took a giant leap of faith. And in kind of the midst of that leap of faith, I was kind of, I had one foot up, I was looking for somewhere to land it. And in the process of all of that, Bebo was born. So that's the, the whistle stop tour. I love a whistle stop tour. <laughs> and I'm going to go back to a couple of stops because there was a couple of things you touched on that were so interesting. First of all, I just love that you didn't even know what pure was when you went for that interview. But like my experience with you working always was that you were literally born for it. Like so personable, so great with details. Like it just, it was so suited to you. Is it crazy to look back now and see like how, obviously, as you said, the corporate side wasn't for you, but like, is it crazy to think that you kind of fell into it and like, it really suited your personality? Yeah, like I, it, it really is. It, I have no clue. And I guess you, you, you just don't know. So when you think about people filling into CAO forms or, or anything, it's, I, I don't know. It is funny to think that these whole pockets of industries exist 
that we just don't even know about or are still like existing and coming into existence and you know are, are kind of developing and evolving all the time so yeah it's it's crazy to think that like if I was wondering what else I would do I, I just have no idea <laughs> yeah it's great it, it's really it's a really good point and it's so you know important to tell people that because I was the same when I left school and I hadn't a clue and I had no idea that there were so many careers like when you're in that like you know linear schooling system it's like you do this this or this job there's like three options and if you don't fall into one of those it's like well that's your life over <laughs> and there's so, there's so many other options and I also love that you came up kind of the same way as I did which was kind of interning and then working your way up um it's a really great way to go and I just think you know there's so much pressure on people now to go to third level and you know, if you if you figure that there's something that you have to do, I think it's really important to tell people that like there's another way to do it. Um, wouldn't recommend living off the 50 euro from the jobs rich scheme. I look back on that and I'm like, what did I live on? Like I honestly don't know. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm like, how did I survive? And I had a great time. I had it like I, I much. I I don't know how we did it, but um and I guess it's good training in some ways. <laughs> it is. And um, you know, I you know, you touched there on on kind of leaving the industry and you know, even when you reach that burnout phase and you're at the end of your tether and you know it's time to go, it still takes a lot of bravery and courage to take the leap to leave and like you said go traveling obviously it worked out really well for you to have like a remote working situation which I think a lot of people are availing of now in post-covid times which is amazing but what like what was it that actually gave you the show did you finally just listen to that voice in your head was there you know an opportunity or was did it just feel like the time was right because I think so many people consider doing it but it's so different to actually take the plunge and like, I'm going to leave this job, you know, very safe, secure family around and just go in this other direction. It's very courageous. Yeah, I don't know. I think there was probably a hundred tiny little things and I thought about it and labored over it and would I go and wouldn't I? And, you know, you're writing out these life plans. Okay, if I go, you know, what will I do at this age? And then the next age. And then because particularly when you get into something like P where there's a very kind of, straight to career trajectory in terms of like exec manager director whatever so like I got in as an exec or I think it was actually on an internship in the first place and I was like okay who's at the top what like what's beside their name I was like cool that's 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 what I want and then you kind of get halfway there or you're almost there and you're like actually is that what I want um so I think it was just like there was a couple of things and about three colleagues in the space of a week had left books about anxiety on my desk and people were kind of pulling me away for a little conversation so I knew I probably wasn't in the best space but I think I think it was probably just I just followed a feeling I just it was just something had to change and it just it had to be so huge I I almost couldn't handle making a little a little small change I just needed some everything to fundamentally change and I think I think that was just I had a, had a friend who had gone to Thailand so almost in a way the decision of there was made for me I was like okay that's an option I'm just going to run and jump for that and I have no idea what's going to happen when I land so I I think it was just it I don't know was it breaking point or what it was but it was just it was just a feeling in the end it was just a I don't know just like this knowing just like okay now now and from the second I was probably two years trying to make the decision and then from the second the decision was made that was it 
um, which was a learning because I was so afraid of decisions, but I didn't know that indecision in itself is a decision. And I think it took me so long to realize like, if you don't like your decision, it's not a limited pool. You get to make new decisions. And I think decision-making is actually probably one of the best habits you can build. Um, I always know I need to do some more meditating or something when I'm out for dinner. And I'm like, this or this, this or this. And the waiter is standing over me and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. So I think, yeah, I think getting into the habit of making those little decisions is really good practice for for the big ones so yeah I think it was just a decision I love that and it's so right with decisions I agree I think like the days that you can't like make any decision you know you're probably overworked overrun stressed it's time to like take a breath because if you're firing on all cylinders decisions do just come and you're like I can just go with this so I love that okay so flash forward you had this amazing traveling experience really like making being abroad work for you and then as you said you kind of decided okay now I need to take another leap and develop this project idea that you've had so so first of all where did the idea for Vivo come from? Well I guess so this probably what we've just spoken about was probably like the halftime crisis and then this was another four years later so I'd done all the strategy the traveling all of that and then again I was just like I'm ready for again the next chapter it was almost a repeat of before um and again yeah like I said I handed in my notice so I, I was living in Portugal at the time so I knew I'm going to make a vision board I knew it was it's just part of the process of how I kind of make decisions or decide what a next chapter will look like I was in the airport I bought every single magazine that they had like ever back to decision making I was like just in case my future is in this one I can't leave it behind like I barely carry everything spent a fortune brought it all to Portugal that was fine went to do my vision board a day I had had like a really nice day did my yoga had the whole apartment spotless sat down to do it and there was just nothing in the magazines that I could connect with normally I guess I had done them in around January so that kind of nat like natural narrative is there around you know new year intention setting or resolution so the content is is generally there I think this is like the fashion issue and like the art issue so like gorgeous art and fabulous clothes but nothing that I saw in my life in so I completely panicked I was like no you know if I if I don't put it on a vision board I don't know what I'm going to do well, like the absolute panic and then I think in trying to I guess, gather content and find something that I could make a bit a vision void from myself. That's how, I guess, that's where Vivo came from. That, I don't know, was it inspiration or desperation of just needing to find something? Um, like, it started as a really bad idea that I'd go to hair salons and ask them, could it, like, if they still had magazines that I could maybe, like, gather some. And then I was like, maybe I could send those around in a box. But I, I apparently they don't even do that anymore. So it, it started as just, like, how can I get content for my own vision board? And then, yes, yeah, then just completely evolved. So, like, you touched on there. And I'm just trying to be conscious of people who maybe have never done a vision board. I love them, too. But you mentioned there that it's always kind of been something you've gone to. So, like in the past even when you had other decisions to make was like making a vision board something that helped you just get clear or like was it always just part of your like way of working so no my very first one was when I was in Thailand and I was again it was my first time doing meditation I was just, I was just googling anything that I thought would help and I came across vision boards I kind of loosely heard of them and I, I kind of came across it I was like yeah okay cool I'll give this a whirl I didn't really connect with it I put like two pictures on it it didn't it never really went anywhere so I guess that was my first attempt at a vision board but 
like things digitally just never really work for me so then my first actual real vision board um or the first time I've, I've probably engaged with the process my sister was heading away um to go traveling so I bought tickets for herself and my mom to go do a vision boarding workshop it was kind of like a half thing to sell essential oils but the part of it I loved was the vision boarding and so it was my first time it was actually really funny everybody kind of sat did their vision boards and at the end, everybody got up, held them up to take a picture with them. And I couldn't get up at all. Couldn't stand up in the picture because my vision void was completely blank. I hadn't stuck a single thing because I was so, again, back to that decision making. I was so afraid of making a decision for myself that I, I couldn't even decide what to stick on this page. So I like gathered all my kind of clippings, brought them at home. And then over the next week, kind of in my own, in kind of the privacy of my own home with my own space and time, I started to stick. Um, and that kind of became my first vision board. And then from there, like I put some things on that, that, and it was just about, I loved it because it was things that had probably been buried, you know, at the back of my mind or that I hadn't called out to myself that, that this is something I want to do. For example, my driving test, I'd been 10 years, like it had been 10 years since I first sat it and I really, really wanted to do it. But I told people I'm traveling, you know, I don't really need it, put it on my vision board and then immediately booked all the booked all the lessons, did everything past the test. So I think from there, it then became this kind of annual or annual or in a period of change, just something that I time and time again went back to. And I like I keep my vision boards always kind of at the end of my bed or in my room. So it's something that I'd see. And if I'm journaling or something, they, it really does kind of guide my actions or whatever every day to see, OK, well, you know, what am I doing today? If this is the goal, what am I doing today to get me closer to that? So, yeah, that was that was my first one and then how the process has kind of evolved. And what I really love about your description there is something that I really wanted to touch on because I've noticed that online recently there's been a lot of backlash against manifesting and the way that you've described the vision board there is exactly what I would say to people who maybe misinterpret it. Like it's not about cutting out pictures, putting them on a board and then literally living your life and waiting for the things to magically arrive at your front door. It's like, like you said, it's like being brave enough to, to take something and put it down, but like, this is something I want to look at it every day and say, what am I doing today to get towards that goal? When you're looking at it, you can't escape. It's there. You put it down. You acknowledge that you want to reach that goal. So it's basically your daily reminder to take a small step towards it. And in doing so, you will reach that goal. And I think the way that you sum that up is so important for people because I'm sure you'd agree like and you, sorry in vivo there's an amazing guide to how to actually go about this and it's very thorough and it's backed up with psychology and everything but it's so important for people to know that it's an amazing tool but you still have to do the work yeah a hundred percent like it's, I wish it was a Santa list or whatever it's absolutely it's more of a tool for I guess self-discovery to you know so often people have things that they want to do that or things kind of fall into two camps for people that kind of someday I'll do that or it's too late I wish I had done that so I think creating a vision board is this blank page that it's almost like a process of self-discovery that allows you to pull those things out of you know either a regret or you know just fobbing them off for the future put them on a page bring them into the now and it's so much harder to ignore something that's right in front of you and gives you the space to say you know I could have put anything on this page this is what I put on this page 
okay, is this something I really want? How can I go about it? What needs to happen? And then I think by putting it on a page with, um, I guess, other elements of your life, you start to see it, how it could work as part of your life. So it just helps to build that picture, but it's a self-discovery tool. It's definitely not, it's definitely not a wish list or, or anything like that and shouldn't be. I agree. But what you've created is exactly what you set out to do. Like Bebo is everything you need to create a vision board, no matter who you are. And I think I really have to commend you on what you've done in that. Like there's so many different pages of stunning images, phrases for every kind of style, aesthetic type of person. If you're someone who loves cozy nights in and you've got a dream to start your own business, or if you're someone who's really outdoorsy and you plan to travel, there's so much in it. It's so visually beautiful. And I actually really struggled to like break it down. I decided I'd actually have to do like multiple different ones because there was so much in there. And like that, there were so many images and phrases and things that actually, like you said, pull things out of me that I was like, God, I'm so drawn to this image. And I actually didn't think that was something that I would love to do, but it is. I'm really drawn to this and I'm going to put it on there. It's such a wonderful exercise. And I love what you've done in the in the book, which is like, like I said, such a thorough guide, an introduction for no, for someone who is brand new to it, and then a really deep dive for people who are a bit more familiar. But you've got like, you know, it's not the first, you know, thing in the world to help you with vision board, but the way that you've come about it is so unique and so focused and I think it's really designed to help people not only put something stunning together that they can look at in their bedroom but also achieve that goal like you've set out very very clear roadmap um to that which is just wonderful how is the process of putting the actual book together because I imagine if you're such like a vision board obsessive you obviously like every little detail you're like this has to be like perfect you were your own customer essentially yeah it was so much fun it was so good it was just I think because nothing like 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 you say vision boards absolutely exist every every part of this existed but it just hadn't been pulled together in this really holistic way so because there was no purpose-built vision board book it allowed us to kind of get as creative as we wanted and there was no rules really to follow we could put anything in it so the process yeah like I say like started with this kernel of an idea and it was like and then we could add this and then it was just so much fun the research for it like talking to people exploring other people's vision I could I almost was stopping people on the street and being like you know what what do you really want what's so important to you because I didn't want to you know, leave anybody out or I didn't want anybody to connect with this and see oh god what you know what I really want isn't here and I think sometimes there can be this kind of you know those kind of milestones that are the kind of not not the cliches but the kind of things that everybody kind of goes for or whatever but I wanted the, like if you wanted to learn unicycling or if you whatever it is that it was something that you really really wanted to do I wanted this to be a space where you could find the content that speaks to that for you so and, and you know everybody's really multi-dimensional you could have everybody who wants to like learn unicycling or whatever it is and start their own business and do xyz so I wanted this to have like I guess just really have something for every part of everyone if that makes sense um, and then the process was just yeah just building on all these those ideas generating the content we got to work with a couple of really cool Irish creatives 
So Neve Ella is an amazing Irish illustrator. So we commissioned her to do this um, illustration series because um, you know a couple of people mentioned that they put role models on their vision boards. So I was like, oh my God, amazing. That's not something I've done. How can we do that? Um, and then an, another person mentioned, you know, I meditate on my vision board every single day. So we partnered with um, Kate O'Shaughnessy of Yoga with Kate, and she developed this whole five-day meditation course um, around, you know, creating visualizations and breathing exercises and all of that to help um, connect to your vision. So I think the whole process was just idea created, idea created, idea created. And I got like, I could have done it forever. If the book was a, a thousand pages, I, I could have filled them. Um, but I guess you have to stop somewhere so that you can, I guess, get it going. Um, but we've we've got so many things that are different for version two already. So I think the process probably has only begun with it, really. Oh yeah, I can see there being like countless iterations of it. And there's something so nice about sitting down to something tactile. Everything now is just so online and you know, there's so many things that we just do through our phones and computers. Like it's therapy to sit down and get out a scissors and glue and stick things and just give yourself that headspace. I highly recommend it. If you're not, even if you're not into meditation, this is like the nicest make and do. I was having flashbacks of like when I was younger because I just hadn't done something like that in so long and just doing something creative. It was just such a wonderful experience. So it's only freshly launched this summer. What has the response been and what's the experience been like actually putting it into the world? It's one thing to like create your baby, but then it's another to send it into the world and be like, okay, enjoy everyone. Yeah, um, it, the response has been so positive. I was so not shocked, but but I was shocked. I I really was. People were so warm to it. And I guess when I started making vision boards, and I mentioned this in the book, but I was really embarrassed by them. I put them on my wall. And if someone was coming over, I would leg it down the stairs. I'd whip them off the wall and stash them in the wardrobe. And I would just be so embarrassed by the whole thing. Um, but so many people have reached out and said, you know, I make a vision board every year or different people saying that they use vision boards in different ways. So we've had people with, you know, businesses who say, oh, you know, there was a woman in the fashion business and she said, I, you know, vision board my collection every single year. And then I go out and find those pieces. It's like um, a thrift, um, a kind of a thrift store business. And she, yeah, visualizes her whole collections and people just sharing such personal stories. It's been like, that's been the best part, just chatting to people. Every, like people, a lot of people buy it for friends who are, you know, in particular situations or at milestones and stuff. So yeah, I think just the response has just been so warm and so open and so personal, um, which has just been so gorgeous. It's just, it's so brilliant. It's such a great business. And for anyone who's like listening and really curious, I would really suggest that you go to the Vivo Instagram because you've got so much great content up there. And I know you have like an online course and stuff like there's a lot more that people can like look into before they invest, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's loads of content on the website or just drop us a DM. It's me on the Instagram and I will chat or call or voice note or whatever. So if anybody is curious, um, like any customer who, you know, contacts us at all, it's like two hours later and I'm still chatting to them on DMs about their friends and their dreams and stuff. So <laughs> any questions, have a look on, uh, have a look on our Instagram or just drop us a DM or email or whatever. I didn't want to suggest that, but I was like, I'm pretty sure somebody messaged you because it's just so, it just comes out of you. You're so passionate about it. I'm sure you'd be there being like, right, what do you want to do? Let's get it sorted. percent. <laughs> I've had so many conversations like that, but it's been, that really has been the best part. It's been so much fun. 
Oh, well, Hannah, congratulations on everything. I know this isn't the last time that we're going to connect and talk about this because I'm sure when people look into it, if it's new to them or if they just haven't come across you yet, they're going to be obsessed. There's just no two ways about it. Um, thank you so much for giving us a little insight today and I look forward to our next conversation for V2. Thank you so, so, so much. It's been, it's been so fab talking. Um, I'm, I'm really glad we did it. <laughs> oh, me too. Thank you.